0: This is the Get Greater podcast, maximising finances for university students, thanks to the University of Newcastle and Greater Bank. This is the
1: Get Greater podcast.
0: General advice in this podcast has been prepared without taking into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any advice, consider its appropriateness. Consider the relevant disclosure documents, which include product disclosure statements, for any financial products, and seek advice from a licensed financial advisor to decide what is right for you. Whilst we cannot give you any specific advice,
1: here are some examples that may help you gain a better understanding of banking, so you can make better choices.
2: The University of Newcastle Finance Academy and the Greater Bank presents Get Greater. A podcast about maximizing your finances during your time as a University of Newcastle student. Tips and tricks about how to save better, spend smarter, and invest wiser. This episode of Get Greater, we'll be talking about investing. So, my name is Curtis. I have two of my very good friends with me here. I have Zach.
0: Zach. <laughs> hey,
2: Zach. And who else have we got?
0: I'm Julia. Good Thank to see you, Curtis. Yeah. And wow.
2: Zach. Thanks for having us, Curtis. Oh, that's all right. You're welcome. Any time, guys. Any time. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about investing. Uh, investing is a little bit of a tough topic, uh, very difficult, especially for younger people to mm-hmm. get into. So um, I just want to ask you guys, what do you do when it comes to investing? What are, you, what are your strategies? What do you look at? And what's something that us as university students can take on board. So, Julia, do you have anything?
0: For sure. I'd consider myself more of a low-risk and uh, passive sort of investor just because I'm not earning a lot while I'm at university and I feel like all those dollars that I make, um, they're not many, so I want to really value them. So one of the things I do, I have an app that automatically rounds up transactions and that'll put that in a separate account for me. So it's sort of like I'm investing without knowing it um, knowing and it, yeah. I can pick what level of risk I want those smaller bits invested in um, yep. because I don't like risk I'm happy with those smaller amounts and happy to play around in that way but my other favorite strategy is super and a lot of people don't consider that investing but I really do because it's it's investing in myself for the future and the power of compound interest the returns I'm going to see on that uh, are really huge yep. so they're definitely two of my favorite ways Yeah, absolutely.
2: And, Zach, you have a different strategy, I believe.
1: Yeah, well, I like Julie, I'm a bit more of a risk taker. I, oh, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I like a bit more risk. Um, yeah. And so while I have, um, you know, I invest, I kind of – I do a round up as well. Um, so I use that. That's a really easy way of kind of investing. Um, it's set and forget. It just builds up little by little. Yep. Um, but I like in my, my super, for example, um, as Julie mentioned, you can pick your risk – I like more high risk. Um, okay. But with the high risk comes high returns. <laughs> yeah. But there's also more risk. Uh, you can actually lose yeah, you know, a lot more money. So you've got to be very safe in making sure that what you're doing is correct for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like that. I also like investing in, in stocks. I mm-hmm. um, have a, a little bit of a stock portfolio I use. Um, and that's, again, something where um, there is low-risk stocks, there is high-risk stocks. Um, yeah. The high-risk stocks, you're obviously the advantage is making more money quickly but these stocks can also lose a lot of money very quickly. Yeah. Um, Low-risk stocks are better um, in terms of, you know, you hopefully have li- little risk but little returns. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's something I, I, I like to get in the stock market, um, but honestly depends on how much money you have and how much money you're willing to invest.
0: When you're going to invest, like that terrifies me, that concept of not yeah. knowing not only if you're going to make money, mm. but it could just all disappear in a matter of days mm. or minutes. Yep. So... You know, how do you know what company to put all of your money in? You, you're just betting on one horse. What are you Ooh. doing?
1: No, I, I think uh, some people do that, um, and that is depends on you've got to do a bit of research. Sure. I'm, I really like doing my research and making sure what I'm doing is 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 right for me. What's right for me is probably not right for everyone. Mm. But no, I definitely don't put all my money into one company. Some people think that's a good strategy. For myself, that isn't. Um, I just do research. There's some high higher risk companies. Um, which I find attractive because I can put some money in and you know I'm hoping from the research I've done that they're going to go better and therefore I'll make a bit more money off it. But in saying that, I still have money in low-risk stocks so I'm not having to have a big... I'm not still in high-risk. I'm making sure that I am making little gains hopefully. But yeah, it's definitely it's something you need to research yourself and don't just put money into something because someone else says you should. Um, make an informed decision. Do some research yourself. Because no money is easy money. You're never going to make. If someone tells you something, make sure you do your own research.
0: Yeah, I've heard the phrase: "If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is." Yeah, I, I think, agree. I think that's probably the most true in investing, yep. out of all contexts, for yeah. sure. Definitely,
1: th- definitely something to look into and make sure that yeah, you're you're making your own decisions. Again, I might someone might tell you to invest in a stock it might not be right for you. It might be too high risk. You, there's a lot of you know downside if, if it does um, lose money. could mm-hmm. lose a lot of money. So, yeah, be careful with your investing.
0: It's sort of like that uncle. There's always one uncle at the barbecue that comes over and says, have you heard about this stock? <laughs> yeah. Lately it's been, um, with my uncle, it's been cryptocurrency oh, yeah. um, and he, he just cashed out with a loss and that was him. It's not necessarily what's going to happen to everyone, but yep. it's definitely people thinking they hear about something really exciting, dive in, don't do their research. And it looks like the return's looking good and then next minute it yeah. can be all gone. Yeah. And that,
2: that can show how much investments can fluctuate, different cryptocurrencies, sort of a little bit of a bubble for a bit where they their value went up and up and up and people thought that that was never going to change, it was going to keep on going like that and then... Uh, one day they started to go down, and yeah, people invested a lot of money, and some people lost a lot of money. You yeah. Sure.
1: so that's why it's good to like diversify stocks. So having yeah. high risk, having low risk, having a bit of, you know, every kind of industry as well. A lot of people that put their money into cryptocurrencies, yeah, lost a lot of money because that's what they put it into. Yeah, I think a lot of people saw that as an easy way to make money. Yeah, and because it was at the start, but yeah, then it, it all came crashing returns. down. Yeah, yeah. And so and a lot of people lost a lot of money, like your uncle.
0: Yeah. I've heard a few horror stories too of people not implementing two-factor authentication mm. or um, choosing a password that wasn't quite secure and their cryptocurrency accounts just becoming emptied uh, because they didn't take proper precautions. And I'm sure that happens in other areas of investment too. But not only that, there's that, that scam risk as well. So how do you sort of protect yourself against that sort of stuff?
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's tough. It's obviously having a, a strong password, making sure that, do have like your two factors so you have your your phone number in for all your security you know if you get a text and it's not you then making sure that you know you're making sure how to protect yourself from that Mm -hmm. but yeah that's one big risk especially with all your investments you don't want to have an easy password you don't have abc123 curtis (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's not my password anymore so (laughs) um, you're gonna try it But, yeah, you, I think you just need to, you need to be weary, especially these days. If you lose your phone, a lot of, you know, data's on your phone that if it's, un, uh, it's open, the online world, a lot of people can take a lot of money from you.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Julia mentioned being invested in a uh, few low-risk stocks sure. and Zach has some high risk, some low risk, is diversified. How do you guys invest in different stocks? How would I go about, say, investing in a company?
0: For sure, and this is one of those areas that I was happy to take advice um, from family members, not from that specific uncle, but mm. is being introduced to the process. So if they have a broker they like, if they have uh, an account um, that they that they use and have found really good, um, I think that's the space, not the specific stocks, but helping me get set up. Uh, so that's how I did it and I actually just go through the Australian Stock Exchange and do it that way. Old school traditional way, but it has it has become a lot easier online. Yes, um, and the ASX website steps you through and and it really tells you about all the risks, and it's actually really important to read through all of that. You know, yeah. we often just, just click the terms and conditions, but this is in one one specific area, that you should definitely not do that. Save a stamp, drop us an email to tell us what you want to learn about your
2: finances. Finance Academy at newcastle.edu.au So Julia, you mentioned super before, I think a few of us with, with jobs might know that some of our money gets taken away and put into super. What exactly is super?
0: Sure, so it's a compulsory amount of money that your employer, if you're an employee, has to pay into an account. Um, that you can't touch until you retire. Okay.
1: The is it on top of your wage or is it part of your wage?
0: It depends on the contract how they phrase it. Okay. But you get your wage plus super. Some okay. people say, you know, $60,000 per annum, including super. Mm-hmm. So it just depends how it's phrased. Okay. But you don't get paid less as a result of getting super. Okay, that's good to know. Um, it's a percentage of your wage yep. um, on top. The thing with Super is that um, it doesn't have that immediate payoff and that was the tough thing for me to get over in the beginning. Uh, The advice I received from my dear mother was when you start working, just put $10 a week into Super because you won't notice it gone and I set that up as an automatic transaction and that's worked so well for me. The thing with it is too, you actually have some control with it so you can actually log into your super fund. Uh, they usually have a member portal and you can pick that level of risk that Zach was talking about earlier but also there's things like life insurance and total and permanent disability insurance that you may want to keep in there but for me um, at this young age um, I took my my life insurance out so or you can lower and, and raise your level of cover so you have all that freedom I think it's really important to be active just in your super if you do nothing else, to just be aware yeah. because you're being charged things, things are being taken out, added in, and it's your future. Yeah. So I think it's important to just have a look at. Do you do much stuff in your super, Zach?
1: Yeah, so I think um, I've definitely over the past year changed my risk profile in my super. Sure. Um, I've definitely gone a bit more risky. I think at my young age um, I'm kind of saying I've taken off my, um, you know, health cover and I feel that at this young age I just want to build my super as much as I can I kind of can afford a little bit if there is you know a bit less if it does go down a little bit I've still got time to obviously regenerate that um, another thing I found was super recently which I had kind of been oblivious to is with all the kind of casual jobs I'd had over the, the previous years I'd had all different super accounts and awesome. so all these super accounts were charging you know, administration fees and fees and fees and fees and fees. Yeah. And so off across these, you know, I think I had four superannuation accounts, I was paying a ridiculous amount of fees. Um, but I ended up combining them all, which is, um, I found it really easy to do actually. You can do it through um, the ATO or you can go to one of your super, whichever one you want to keep, um, and just they'll do it for you. Um, but now it's all in one account, I'm only paying one fee. And it's much easier it's, to it's much handle easier. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know how much I've got, um, how much I'm working with, and having it obviously in a big, a big lump sum, um, the more I can invest at a, you know, at a bigger lump sum, the more I'm hopefully going to um, get as a return. So yeah, something that definitely um, I think a lot of people don't realise is that if you come out with three or four super accounts, um, combining them is really good because not only are you saving on fees, but you're hopefully get, with that bigger lump sum getting a higher return. Yeah.
2: Sure.
0: Oh. And, more interest from that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly.
0: And in terms of those contributions, do you make contributions yourself or do you more leave it to your employer?
1: Um, so I let my employer do most of the contributing, <laughs> um, but I, I do contribute a bit. I think the government does contribute up to 1500
0: So it's 50% of your contributions up to $1,000. Okay. Yeah, but it's it depends on your income, so... The more you earn, it sort of gets scaled down. Okay. Um, but for most of us uni students, that's yeah. that's awesome. So, yeah, yeah for every – if you invest 1000 over a year, yep. they'll put 500 in as well on okay.
1: top. So it's basically free money
0: then. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. And yeah. the best thing about that is uh, that's what I've been doing. And the ATO, when you lodge your tax return, they just put that money straight in. There's no extra forms, no extra paperwork. They go, how much have you contrib- contributed? um and the they they match that payment
1: well okay that's good to know that's something handy i guess we won't see that money for a while but yeah. you know down the track that might be worth that five hundred dollars might be worth a lot you know a lot more
0: absolutely yeah. and if you're watching those investments going up and down in there yeah it's, could be quite satisfying. Yes, it <laughs> you could. You're right. Rate and review us. It doesn't cost a cent. Do it now, wherever you listen.
2: Um, so, Julie, you were saying something earlier about um, super and contributions being a lower tax rate than uh, regular income. Absolutely. For us uneducated, <laughs> for, for us that might be a little bit uh, uneducated about that sort of stuff. Please explain. <laughs> sure,
0: <laughs> sure. So it's um, so another thing I like about super is that uh, when you receive that as income, you can only be taxed on fifteen percent. So if you think uh-huh. about your normal income, you're in your marginal. So if you're under this year um, eighteen thousand five hundred or nine hundred, um, you're not taxed at all, and then it goes up from there. Yep. With super, maximum fifteen percent, um, and there are different again depending on your income. You've got to check the figures, um, every every single income year, income tax year. But uh, the beauty of it is um, you're going to be saving money in tax in the long term as well. All right.
2: So I've heard about uh, investing and starting to investing and I've heard the ETF before, but I'm not 100% sure what that means. So you want to explain that to me?
1: Basically, it's the way I picture it is, uh, say, Curtis, you're a fund. Yes, I am. And Curtis, you own all you have stocks in all these companies. Okay. And Curtis goes, oh, I'm going to make a KTF, a Curtis Traded Fund, um, and I can invest in, I can buy a share of KTF, so I can buy a share. Ooh. And you have all these companies, so I get a little bit, a little slice. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy the company per se. I buy into your your fund. Okay. Um, and then. Basically, you get a percentage return of, um, you know, they split up. So there's like a, a thousand shares in, in the KTF. Yep. Um, then once you've decided what your, you know, profit is or whatever, um, then you get it paid out.
2: Yeah, as a dividend.
1: To yes, you. yes. So uh, it's a dividend and then you can sell the your KTF um, again like a share.
2: So you guys have been talking a lot about research, researching stocks. Um What is that and how could someone research stocks?
1: Well, um, there's a lot of ways to research, I'd say. Um, The first one I normally do is I I find a company that I know already, um, whether that be, for an example, Nike. Everyone knows Nike or, you know, a company that that you know, a company you like. And I then go and look at their maybe their financial reports, um, look at maybe uh, a good way is looking at other analysts, so people that are actually in, in, in the industry, um, what they think about the, the stock or the company. Um, so you'll normally find a uh, fund will have a, either a buy, sell, or hold rating on a stock. Okay. Buy meaning good time to buy. Hold meaning keep the stock. Sell meaning uh, it's probably a good time to sell because they predict it, might, it, it may actually lose value. Okay. Um, so that's one of the things I take into consideration. Obviously, professionals, they normally not what they're doing, you'd hope. Um, <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's a good indicator. Another good indicator is actually just looking at their share price um, over, you know, a year or two. I normally look at and just see where they've trended. If they're trending, you know, up, probably normally, a good normally a good sign. Yeah, They're trending down, Um Really not a good sign. But again, um, it's reading articles. Um, you know, some companies might have a product that's coming out soon, um, which might be a, a good indicative. It might go either way. but If the product's successful, that hopefully means the share price will go up. Um, if it's not successful, it'll go down. But Yeah, just looking at, um, like, focusing on a company, maybe focusing on an industry, um, and, and getting to know that, very and be comfortable kind of knowing the big players um, and knowing where you're going to be putting your money.
2: And so how would I find a financial report?
1: Oh, good question. So Thank normally, you. normally on uh, on their website, um, the company's website, there'll be a page or a contact us or a their financial report if they're a public company. Yep. Um, they're a private company. I'm not. They don't have to don't disclose have. their financial reports. They don't. And no. It's
0: not often easy to buy into a yeah into a private company. Private company. Yeah. So if they're offering that to you, yeah, you can specifically ask yeah. for that. Um, turn anyhow.
1: But otherwise, yeah, otherwise the Australian Stock Exchange, um, mm. normally if you search a company on there, um, it'll have a, a page or a link or a section where you can actually find all the financial, the annual reports um, and they're all publicly available if they are, being, if are traded on ASX.
0: Broadly, if there's an investment that's sounding quite good but you haven't heard of it before or someone in your family hasn't heard of it before, the, there is a financial regulator called APRA, A-P-R-A, and they have a portal on their website where What's you can What's that
1: stand actually, for, Julia? Can you, yeah. can you let me Australian know?
0: Australian Prudential Regulation Authority. It does it? <laughs> ten,
2: ten. <laughs> you believe
0: <laughs> me, got I got said a, it. I, I believe, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can actually go onto their website and search uh, for an investment and they will tell you if it's legitimate and regulated by them or not. It gives you... It doesn't take all the risk out, but it gives you a certain level of protection. And I like to do that to see whether whether things are legitimate or not it's it's sometimes really hard to tell especially around good marketing yeah when you're actually getting scammed or ripped off
1: that's good yeah that's a good thing i think for people that are just getting into the industry as well investing um i kind of gives them a bit of a guarantee but it gives them a bit of satisfaction that this is a, yeah, a legitimate investment,
0: and I think over the over the years, once you start investing more, it's like anything else, and you get better at it, and then you start to learn the signs of what's promising, yeah. what's a bit dodgy looking, yeah. and you can start to adjust your approach.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like anything. Like being at uni, first year, you don't know much. No, you always but forget your pen. Yeah, if you get your pen, you don't calculator. know what's going on. No. If,
2: if you're like me, second year, don't know much. Don't know much. Third year. <laughs> Hope, no, hopefully a bit nice. more. Hopefully a
1: bit more. <laughs> yeah, maybe and then by like fourth year you you hopefully have it worked out. Kind of like investing. Yeah. Exactly. You ho- you <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully.
0: My goodness, that's a good metaphor. Yeah. Ooh.
2: There we go. That's exactly right. Um right, and wanna... I did look it up. She was right. She was right. <laughs> <laughs> she was right with the acronym.
0: Ten points to Julia. Yeah. Thank you. But
2: I've forgotten <laughs> <laughs> what it was. So um Well, thank you very much. Um I've certainly learned a lot. Um, this has been very helpful. Uh, but before we go, I was just wondering if either of you guys had uh, one tip for the listeners out there to um, that they might be able to take away from this and use.
0: Mine would definitely be don't overlook super as an investment. I know it's going to be a long time, but you will really thank yourself later on and just take a really active approach in looking at super. If you don't do anything else, just make sure you've only got one super account. Okay, that would be my top tip. Yeah, That's a good one. Is that
1: oh, I'd it? say do your research. Research, research, research. Uh, making sure that what you're doing is an informed decision. Um, don't go off what other people say. Make sure it's right for you. Um, and if you do that, you should be able to be successful, hopefully.
2: Okay, well, think about your super, know about your super, and do your research. Don't trust Julia's uncle. Um, I've <laughs> met him, a little <laughs> bit of a shady dude, so... <laughs> This has been the Get Greater podcast talking about investing. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time.
0: This is the Get Greater podcast. If you like this podcast, invest in listening to our others. There's a lot more to learn.